In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode 123, Tainted Love. Tainted Love. By Soft Cell. Soft Cell. Yeah, who do that? Yeah, that's a, it feels weird saying that name, by the way. I don't know what it is. It but, is yeah. weird, Soft Cell. Yeah. This is part of our fall theme, One Hit Wonders, because yeah. we didn't know any other Soft Cell songs, do you? No. no. Didn't even know they were called Soft Cell. Well, there you go. And it's cell like C-E-L, not like I'm soft selling you on this no, product. No, no, like an actual body cell. Yeah. So like a that cell soft. within the body that went soft, right? Maybe that's why it feels gross. Yeah. Some sort of medical emergency if your cells and are soft. And it brings up the word lamp. <laughs> For some reason, soft. What? Like soft cell. I don't know. It made me think lamp? of- Lamp? Limp. Oh, limp. That makes way more sense. It's like, why did it bring up <laughs> Lamp. I know. At first, when you freaked out, I was like, oh, God, should I not have said that? Maybe I went too far. No, limp. Oh, no, no. no, limp makes much more limp. sense and not too far. Yeah. Lamp is just weird. Lamp, no. I didn't yeah. make me think of lamp at all. <laughs> limp, however, yes. So yes. this song did not make you think of a lamp, but perhaps limp. But why did you choose this song? Well, you know, great one hit wonder. Absolutely. But also tainted love. I mean, things that are too good to be true, too right? Too good to be true. Whether that's a romantic relationship or another mm-hmm. kind of relationship. I mean, we've all been there. Oh, man. Too good to be true. Yeah. And we always say that in hindsight, right? 2020. Oh, that was not 2020 the year, but like 2020 hindsight. Yes. Too good to be true. You should have known that was too good to be true. Do you think that phrase 2020 hindsight will now change forever because 2020 was such a year of fuckery? Yeah. Because yeah. I just said 2020 and I meant it like that, which yeah. I think previous to 2020 is how people would have taken it. But now I have to be clear that I'm not talking about the dumpster fire that was right. 2020. Like it's a completely, the phrase is transformed yes. completely. Yes. It's a totally different thing. Huh. And will be forever. Wow. Right? Kind of blew, blew my mind just now. Yeah. We've just coined an entirely new mm-hmm. 
method of understanding a phrase. No one ever has said anything like this. This is just us just now. I love how Brand much that we new. just proclaim things like without any evidence at all. I love it. Uh, be- okay, so that's a theme. But yeah. before we get into it, oh. I feel a little remiss. I feel like we should have brought this up on the last episode that we had. Okay. So I'm going to bring it up now. And it feels like it's a little bit of important news, like a little news bulletin we should have stuck in two weeks ago. Okay. If you follow our socials, you might know this, but I myself have made a paper chain because our listeners might not know that you have a book coming out in 2024. Indeed, I do. And how did a paper chain come Because I'm counting down the weeks. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was not following. How many weeks is it then? It's It's a lot of weeks. It's a lot of weeks. weeks. I miscalculated at first and thought you said 2023 and I got way excited. But then I remembered it's publishing. Yeah. Publishing is very weird and slow. And who, tell us everything. It's with a new press. Yes. So um, for those that are sort of of unfamiliar with publishing, um, if you don't have an agent and you're trying to get a book published, you can submit it to small presses, which I do. And then every once in a while, there's a contest held by a small press that says, hey, send us your best manuscript in such and such area. We will award a top prize and that prize will be we will publish your book and give you some money. Yeah. And I won one of those contests. You did. With so a, another short story manuscript. It's called Exile in Guyville. And so as part of winning that, I got a, a little bit of cash. And I will be getting my story collection published in spring 2024. Obviously, we're going to bring you all the updates, just like yeah. we did for Dig Me Out. But And obviously, it's not available for pre-order yet, because yes. we're talking 2024. There's right. some work to be done. But if you go to your website... Uh-huh. And if you haven't already done this, you can sign up. Then you get the updates right to you so you don't miss any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You can check our social. But we're just saying, you got to get this on your calendar. Yeah. Because a year and a half away, but get excited. It's coming. And count those weeks like Aaron is doing. Yes. You got to get prepared. Uh-huh. And if they, if, I mean, we've talked about Liz Fair on this show before. Yes, we have. Your title's a throwback to a song, an Indeed. album from her. An album from her, yeah. So, And this one is all, you know, like my um, first collection, Dig Me Out. It had all sorts of stuff. It had historical. It had sci-fi. It had mm-hmm. like modern stuff. This collection is all sci-fi. So it's all like sort of speculative, real weird stuff with lots of uh, the kind of angry woman you've come to know and love. I'm excited. Yeah. And everyone, I, I know everyone else will be too. So mark it down. Get yourself on Amy's website. Uh-huh. Make sure you get all the updates. I will say one of the funnest parts of this was being able to redesign my website. So I had a section called books with a plural. That S. A plural. You earned that S. <laughs> you clash that S everywhere you can. I have a sub menu with two separate books. Yeah. I mean, that was my, that was the high point for me. As it should be. That tracks 100%. I mean, there will be more high points, such as, you know, receiving the book and all that kind of stuff. This was pretty cool. Yeah. I was able to do that. Absolutely. And like we said, we'll cover all of it on our social too, but your best option, get to Amy's website, sign up, get the updates. Thank you. Or if you're interested in the uh, publisher BOA editions. Yeah, BOA editions, yeah. Follow them on social. Yeah, they uh, they publish a lot of poetry books. Mine is not poetry, just so we're clear. Um, they publish a lot of story collections, things like that. Uh, it's a really cool press with lots of interesting 
authors and stories. And we love a yeah. small press, so we're all love about it. Love a small press. Love a small press. I actually got a phone call from the publisher. Which, let's be clear, when the phone rang, I did not answer it because right. I do not uh, answer yes. the phone. Yes, thank and God. And then when otherwise. I saw the voicemail that he was calling about the book, I was like, Oh, I'm going to actually call this person. I'm going to enjoy making this call. Like, what the hell? I never enjoy making calls. You were in the upside down. I was. Like what? Yeah, and I spoke to that person and he gave me good news. I'm like, is this what the phone is supposed to be like? Because I will answer the phone more. Hark, I will use the phone again. (laughs) (laughs) But alas, every other message is about some house maintenance issue. So it's not not as fun. No, not Not as fun. fun. No, or a scam. Or a scam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Indeed. Mm -hmm. So this week, it doesn't fit the theme because your book is not too good to be true. That's good to know. It's it's actually, it's it's legit. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to talk about relationships and things that are not. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that up, Erin, though. Well, we should have last week. We did have the news. Yeah. We had it locked and loaded. But, you know. We were talking about aliens and conspiracies. It was more important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. But yes. (laughs) Revealing the hard truths. Yes. Yes. Uh Yes. So we promise we'll be more up to date with our book updates. We'll be right on it. Yeah. More I'll be on it because Amy will never volunteer that information. I no. don't know if you listeners, you figured this out, but <laughs> she would tell no one. <laughs> She'd be like, that yep, I accurate. published a book. That is accurate because immediately if I admit it to someone, immediately my imposter syndrome wants to pull it back and be like, stop it. Stop it's bragging. Not, it's not that big of a deal. No one cares. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a big deal. I just needed loud. to tell my, award my hype That's, woman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Thinking about our theme, tainted love, too good to be true. Have you ever fallen for something that was too good to be true? And not not necessarily relationship, because we've all had that. Like a product or something. Every fucking diet. Every diet. Right, I didn't even think of that. It's too good to be true. Whether it's low carb, whether it's high fat, whether it's paleo, whether it's keto, whether it's whatever the hell we're calling it now. It's all based on the wrong assumption that we could and that we can and should be changing our bodies. Uh So you get into the diet and maybe you lose a little bit of weight and you're like, oh, this is amazing. But then it's too good to be true because pretty soon your body's like, hey, I'm hungry. What? So I'm going to backslap you and I'm going to say, no, you got to eat more and Mm -hmm. we're going to gain some more weight. Yeah. So every diet is too good to be true. The whole wellness industry. The whole, an entire wellness industry. Entire complex. By the way, can I tell you something? So, you know, I've talked about how uh, on my day job, I manage a, a communications and content site. And we've been instructed by people, because I think in a draft article, we had mentioned wellness. And we were instructed by people, don't say that, say well-being. Because wellness has become a whole shit show of other stuff. And you're right. You're, I was like, you're absolutely right. You're that right. is not what we're talking about at all. We're not talking about woo-woo, too good to be true oh, shit. We're talking about well-being, which is like mental health. You're right. Because like, when yeah. you said those two things, I thought totally of two different, different things. different things. Yeah. Wow. So even corporate America recognizes the morass that has become, you know, wellness. And they're like, no, no, no. Let's talk no, about something we don't real. Want to be involved Let's talk in about that. something. Yeah. yeah. It's actually helpful. Let's talk about something else. Woo. Yeah. So speaking of wellness. Yeah. The next thing that comes to mind uh-huh. is multi-level marketing. Yay! My favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> Which you could, you know, make an argument that everything in there is too good to be true. Uh-huh. Because they're promising uh-huh. you lots of money, uh-huh. independence, yep. to buy some weird oils mm-hmm. or to buy some, like, moldy leggings. Mm-hmm. And to sell those things and become yes. a hashtag boss babe. Get your downline going. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So I want to ask you, uh-huh. Aaron, uh-huh. 
if you had to buy an MLM product, uh-huh. which to be clear, you've bought some in the oh, past. Oh, I've had to buy lots. Yeah. yeah. If you had to buy one from someone, what would you be most likely to buy? Okay, let's be clear. I've okay. had to buy a lot of products I didn't believe in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just from societal just get slash out of a friendship yeah. slash, yeah, whatever pressure. The one that I will fall for over and over and over again, although usually I'll try and find a different brand of it, is Pampered Chef. Oh. And I know that's going to be controversial because people don't like to think of Pampered Chef as MLM, but it's one of the originals. And remind me, what is it they actually sell? Like Pampered kitchen Chef. gadgets. Okay, kitchen yeah. gadgets. And some like, okay. like kits, like bread making kit, oh, okay. you know, like that type of thing. But it was like gadgets. Yeah. And it was before, really popular before the internet when you could yeah. like find all of these yes. things. But I am a sucker for a kitchen gadget, even though I'll probably never use it. I don't even know what half the stuff is for. I just get so interested in like, oh, you could do that with an avocado. I'm never going to. <laughs> But dang it, if that doesn't look interesting to me. This is fascinating because you've gone on record so many times mm-hmm. as being anti-cooking, mm-hmm. baking, all of those things. However, your soft spot is kitchen gadgets. You know why? Because it's this area that I feel weird about, about oh. myself. Like I'm not supposed to have that feeling or something. So you're susceptible Society tells to... me, Yeah. And so then I'm like, oh, this would make it easy. And suddenly I'd be a five-star chef if I only had this if only... avocado. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Like... I, and that's not true, but it's the same old too good to be true, oh. selling you this idea yes. and not just the product. Yeah. Although I do have like a old school pampered chef. They made this like twisty. It's like a spatula, but at the end is like a five prong thing. And it like when you're making ground beef, it like grinds it all up while oh. it's cooking. So that like if you're making tacos or something, it's not like chunks uh-huh. and not beneficial for you at all. Not no, beneficial no, this for you is at all. disgusting. But, yeah, everything you're saying, but yeah, but yeah. Uh-huh. I have used that forever. Well, there you go. But I mean. So one of the many things. Oh, so you yeah. actually didn't buy this no, one. I did not buy that. No, no, I didn't. Have any of the gadgets that you yourself personally have bought, do they still exist in your kitchen somewhere? (laughs) Have they ever been used? No. Hmm. No. Uh -uh. I don't think so. I can't even remember. Hmm. No. But I I feel like that's an area you can sucker me pretty easy. Like if you gave me your whole song and dance like you learn in the training, I'll probably fall for it. Hmm. Like Lululemon, I'm like, meh, I can get leggings anywhere. But that, I'm like, ooh, can I get that? thing anywhere i don't know can i get a lemon squeezer do i need one have i ever used a lemon i don't care i need it like because i'm gonna use a lemon yeah because i have this thing normally which this would probably make our friend Haley, who's an amazing amazing yeah, chef yeah. Mm-hmm. just squirm but when you say lemon squeezer to me what i think is you can buy lemon juice in a bottle do you not know that that's what i think of too yeah, yeah. which i know is different i know but just saying. But listen, we're at a very different level. Than <laughs> I'm at a level. We're that... at a, like if, yeah. Yeah. I'm at L- a low, down here. low, low yes. level. So yes. let me ask you something. If yeah. there was ever an MLM uh-huh. that promised you the planner that would solve all of your scheduling needs, you would totally fall for it, right? I still fall for okay. that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know that I must look up planners so much that my algorithm, because <laughs> constantly I get a new ad or an email or something popping up about, this is the new planner system that's going to change right. your life. Yeah. And every time you're like, God damn it, it will. Yeah. And every time I get so excited and then I'm like, wait, it's just a different way to write down the same information. Yeah. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Calm down. But... Mm-hmm. It gives you joy, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I, yeah, it does. It does. So that's it all does. that matters. So if anyone's out there wanting to uh, create an MLM that will really sucker 
Erin in. Yeah. There you go. And bring me in on the ground level. Yeah. I'll sell You'll those. Do it. I'll sell those planners and schedulers yeah. with you. Suddenly yes. you will be the hashtag boss babe of your dreams. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So too good to be true. Yeah. What is the best gift or gesture that you've ever received outside of a romantic relationship? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of times gifts fall into that, like too good to be true. Yeah. But I always feel like some of my favorite stuff is not the stuff that people would think like, oh, you absolutely. Know. Yeah. Generally, I think I have a hard time with gifts. Mm-hmm. I get awkward. I don't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, past stuff. Yes. That explains uh-huh. this. That it I understand. Yes. It comes mm-hmm. from a place. However, I can't get past it. So mm-hmm. if there is a gift given to me in like genuine affection, I'm often very weird. I don't know how to respond. It gets uncomfortable. Uh-huh. What I do enjoy, though, is just random, funny, out of nowhere gifts mm-hmm. that don't come, that are obviously like jokes or something that right. don't come from that place, such as mugs. Yeah, mugs are great. When you gave me that Dolly Parton mug, um, that's a that good was mug. a cup full of amb- what is it? Cup yeah. of am- my cup, cup of, of ambition. ambition. Yeah, that was one of the best gifts ever. I also got a mug from Heath that said, "I will shank someone in the kidney for you." That's great. And that was the most genuine affection I've ever felt in a gift. It's like this. I yeah. get this. I get it. Yeah. And I'm laughing. I'm laughing and I like it. And, and also you're it. not here giving it to me. It just came in the mail. That makes the whole difference because then I don't have to modulate oh, my face. Yes, I don't have to. that's nice. I think that's another element yes. of gift giving. I get real weird about that. I don't yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, it's performative. Yes. And so that feels weird. Yeah. Like, am I doing it right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So great weird coffee mm-hmm. mugs and also some art. You've given me some David Bowie art. Oh, yeah. And I'm also yeah. looking right now uh-huh. at a piece of art that Heath gifted me, that which is a amazing. book page with a cat. And a Bowie lightning bolt and a wig. It's amazing. I mean, it's everything that I love. Yeah. It was all wrapped so, up in one. How could you not? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So good stuff. I think that's where I'm at with mm-hmm. those gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's the good funnier, one. the better. Yeah. But the, with a little bit of heartfelt. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Funny gift is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but let's say we're thinking romance mm-hmm. now. We're thinking, you know, mm-hmm. intimate relationship. What's the most romantic gift or gesture and romantic by your own definition. Right, right, right. That you've ever received. Well, um, this is from Mike. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't talk about someone else. Uh-huh. So this, I'm going to reveal something about myself that is, I don't know if it's a little known fact. I don't really share it with anyone, but I have a real affinity for Gushers fruit snacks. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I know. I know. I know. It's weird. This is brand new information yep. to me. Yeah, I, I did not uh-huh. know this. Uh-huh. So remind me, the gushers, I'm thinking the name alone is when something gushes out in your mouth. Yes. Okay. They're the waxiest fruit juice you've ever encountered. And there's fruit flavored juice inside that like kind of squishes out when you eat it. It shouldn't, I shouldn't like it. Okay. On paper, I should not like it. It should be everything I hate because I'm such a texture person. Yeah, I'm surprised by this. I'm obsessed with them. It is the only fruit snack that I really like. It's like one of those, but I very rarely buy it because here's why. Because they come in individual packs because they're meant for children. Let's be sure, honest, sure, sure, sure. right? Yeah. And there's like six of them in one pack. Oh. That's not enough. That's not enough. So I very rarely, rarely buy them because basically I'll sit down and eat, eat all the six whole box. packs yeah. in the six box. But I have to go through the process of unwrapping oh, all of those. Annoying. And it gives me a thing, right? Absolutely. After a while, you're it, like, this is And sad. it gets into our weird diet culture yeah, stuff, too. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, God. This I, is too much. Yeah, like uh-huh. I'm binging on Gushers. So... <laughs> 
I complained one time and said to Mike, I don't understand why they don't make gushers in bulk. Like, I can't just buy a big bag of them and eat them. You know, they make all the other snacks in various, you know, share size, family yeah. size, whatever. It's very frustrating. I said this in passing, right? <laughs> so for Christmas one year, I unwrapped a box that had the biggest Ziploc bag you've ever seen, <sighs> just full of gushers. He bought boxes of gushers. Opened all of the individual oh. packs and put them in a big Ziploc bag so that it appeared like I had a bulk bag of Gushers. I think that's love right there. He enlisted Zach's help in this. <laughs> so when I opened it. So it's it, not just your husband, it's no, your son that's yeah, been involved. Zach was like, I had opened so many tiny bags oh. of Gushers. <laughs> we also discovered why they don't sell them in bulk. Okay. Because they all stick together. Oh. <laughs> it's like one big ball. But I, this is when I was still, this is prior to the construction company. So I worked outside of the house and I took it with me to my desk. And I ate so many Gushers so fast that I couldn't eat Gushers for like a year, <laughs> which is the other reason they don't sell them in yeah, bulk. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I was like, that's yeah. too much wax in yeah. my tum-tum. <sighs> oh, but I, every, I was in some heaven for the amount of time that I had the, that bag of Gushers. Mm. And I just, that has always stuck in my head because That's it was such a, a tiny thing. One. And it took effort. It, yes. it wasn't really a cost thing. It was more just the time and energy it took to do that and understanding really and what like I was hearing, getting at. hearing what you were saying yes. and picking up on that is like, that's something I could do. Yeah. Uh, just a small thing to and show I my love. And I loved it. It was that's one of my wonderful. favorite things I've ever gotten because who does that? <laughs> who takes the time to do that? I love everything that too. about it. And, you know, I think we didn't really get into this, but like, don't you think that traditionally romantic gifts and stuff, I'm out. It's, it's gross. gross. I don't like gross. it at all. And I think it comes from that. Like, you're not, you're not thinking about me. You're not yeah. thinking about me as a person. You're just like fulfilling yeah, a checklist. Yeah, that's yeah. why like, I'm really weird about Valentine's Day. Like So weird. And me I, too. Forbidden from buying flowers. Yes. I don't necessarily not like flowers. I don't like them on Valentine's no. Day because as a business person, I know they're marked up. Yeah. So why? First of all, and second of all, it feels like the token thing. It is. And it's like I don't. You don't need. Don't to, want you don't have that. to stop just nope. for this. You know, like no, let's no. We don't need to do that. Instead, buy a shit ton of gushers. Yes. Unwrap them. Put them yes. in a Ziploc bag. Boom. Love forever. Ever. Love forever. That's a wonderful story. Yeah, I like that great. a lot. It's a great guess. And again, I'm still in my head like that is not something I've known or would have expected about you. I know. I know. Man, yeah. oh man. Uh-huh. Six years? Six years I've known you? Yeah. It took six years to hear that story. Mm-hmm. Audience, this is why we have a podcast, so that we can keep discovering <laughs> weird keep things about each other, as well as weirdness. books. Yes. yes that books is our brand. Yeah. Books plus weird stuff. Maybe that should be our new like when you look <laughs> our up, new like yeah. tagline. Yeah, books, books plus, plus weird, weird stuff. <laughs> books plus bulk gushers in a ziploc bag. What? Should we ask our graphic designer if we could create a logo around the yeah. gushers in like, a ziploc bag? She's oh god, like, uh, if you saw the picture of it too, it didn't it look doesn't, right. No, uh-uh. I don't remember what they look like, but just hearing it, it sounds not good. They're like that big, and they're like uh, little octagons, like they have, and they're kind of poofy, and they just shoot juice in your mouth. <laughs> Shooting is like you have to get it right in between two teeth for it to work exactly like that. It more just like you just chew it and it has like two different textures. It's not like shooting like you're imagining something else. And also, can we go to the marketing meeting where they decided, let's go with Gushers. Let's name our tr- our new hit treat Gushers. 
Evan would be so annoyed, but there's this art sculpture on his high school grounds, and yeah. it's like this octagon, looks like a berry, and it has stuff coming out of it, and every time we drive by it, I say, gusher! <laughs> know what it is but also that should not be at a school it should not be at a high school that is giving high schoolers way too much ammunition yeah it's no. oh no uh-huh. well maybe Gushers. we need maybe we need a moment of silence i like the to person transition. that invented them and is like look guys all right we've been doing let's, fruit snacks wrong let's get some wax where did you and even let- get this juice howard where's it from it doesn't matter just try it it's so waxy i know but the juice Juice. This is why it's gonna be a hit. The juice is gonna wax, help. Just wax eat it. Juice. Just eat it. Somebody out there is gonna be obsessed. There's gonna be a forty-year-old woman out there that just can't get enough gushers. <laughs> Howard, no. Oh, poor Howard. Well, he was trying to bring some rationality. Gushers are popular. <laughs> oh, they are with the younger generation. I mean, younger oh, set. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I remember a similar conversation we had about pixie sticks. I'm wondering when gushers were invented and if it was like a dual meeting. Yeah. Like if there was pixie sticks at 10 a.m. and then gushers at 4 p.m. There, yes, for it was sure. a day. Pixie sticks were involved because that's the only way you snorted those pixie sticks and you were like, fruit juice and gush, gushers, we did it. And that was the same day fruit by the foot was invented. Yes. We've got edible spoons. We've got wax. We've got fruit that is longer than a foot. Well, it's a little bit shorter according to our, you know, manufacturing <laughs> Stop it, standards. Yeah. We don't care. We're calling it fruit by the foot. <laughs> oh, it's the American dream in action is. is really what it is. We're going to confuse everyone and make them think they're eating fruit. Fruit by the foot. And then we're going to name it Gushers. And so it's going to make think, people think it's going to gush in their mouth. And, and it, it does doesn't. Kind of, we're just... <laughs> You were going to say a word and then you stopped yourself. And we're just like dribble. That's the word I thought you were going to say. God, I should not eat those. Okay. I I wonder if Howard was like, no, I want to call it the dribblers. (laughs) You got some on your chin. Fruit snacks. No. Well, that took a turn. It really did. And there's no way to transition no, between no, gushers no. or dribblers. And to be clear, gushers, I don't want your sponsorship money. <laughs> don't do that to me. Don't make me get bulk gushers. No, we're still in the market for Reese's Pieces hot sponsorship dollars, but gushers, not you. Not you. Howard, no. Yeah. Howard, cool it. All yeah. Right. All right. Well, well, we have some literature to speak about. Good, good. Let's let's jazz this up. Let's uh, let's classy this up around here. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you know me. I'm gonna class it up. So class here we up. go with some classy. fiction picks. Get it? My pick is a book. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously it's a book. It's a novel. <laughs> Mine's a puzzle, so I'm glad. What? A puzzle. <laughs> I brought a coffee mug for my pop culture. <laughs> You know what I'm into? Sudoku. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. <laughs> we should add in a category of just random things that we bring. Like a show and tell. Yeah. <laughs> show, show and tell category. Done. Just don't bring gushers. I don't want to do it. Oh, boy. <laughs> they might be vegan. No, they're probably not vegan. <laughs> but no, I mean, and there's no food in it, I imagine. So Yeah. They could just be. wax. Just, just wax. wax. You're right. <laughs> 
I might bring gushers next time. There you go. We might have to have an on-air taste test. Oh, no. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. That could be entertaining. Mm -hmm. That's what we should bring Heath back to do. (gasps) And we should try stuff from our childhood that we loved. (gasps) Like a childhood taste test thing. Oh, I like that. Okay, I'm writing that down. Uh Uh-huh. We might have to do some research to find where we can get some of those childhood I things. I, we got to we got to try and find oh. 3D Doritos. Oh shit. You got to get some Mountain Dew, some Gushers. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are still that's really my childhood, <laughs> but whatever. Okay. Book. Okay. What what fiction <laughs> picks did you bring today? I brought a book by Blake Crouch. Mm. This came out in 2019, pre the new 2020 hindsight that we've created. <laughs> copyright, copyright. Copyright, copyright, um, copyright. It's called Recursion. Okay. So we meet Barry mm-hmm. in 2018, and he's responding to a suicide call. He's a cop. Mm. And the person threatening to jump has experienced false memory syndrome, a new and mysterious sickness that gives people memories of a life they never lived. So he's talking to her, and she's like, a couple days ago, I suddenly got these visions Uh, like black and white memories of this entirely different life where I was married to this different person and now I find myself in this house with this guy I don't know but I'm supposedly married to him so it's a real disconcerting situation then we meet Helena a neuroscientist back in 2007 and she is desperately working towards a technology that will preserve memories. Um, Her mom has Alzheimer's and dementia and so the cause is personal it's urgent Then Helena is approached by an investor angel, Marcus, one of the richest men in the world. (laughs) He wants to give Helena all the funds, all the money, and everything she needs to develop this technology. He really believes in it, thinks it's going to change the world. He just requires that she go live on an offshore oil platform that he's turned into a lab. And they're going to change the world. But if she keeps working... She's more and more disturbed by Marcus and his obsessions and by where things are going. And then in a shocking moment, you realize like, oh, shit, this is so much more complicated and dangerous than we expect. So the intense joy of this book is following like the twists and turns and stuff. So I can't really say much more than that. Um, I will say, though, there's like a lot of massive, really brain busting discussions of like what makes memory and what Mm. makes reality and how our brains handle those concepts and ultimately time travel. Mm -hmm. So Helena and Barry, they come together throughout the book unexpectedly and they forge this totally great partnership. That's so cool. And then the world falls apart it's put back together in this really fascinating sequence of events that's much more i can't say now i chose it for this theme for two reasons one is the rich dude in his oil platform yeah because of course that's too good to be true always when there's a billionaire named marcus slade involved nope it's gonna be too good to be true but not in the way you expect which is really cool oh also when you create something revolutionary, even with the best intentions, it has the potential to be used horribly mm-hmm. to really, you know, mess up the world. And this sounds fantastical, but like, look at social media. Like, we created this tool. I say we, not me. Mm-hmm. People created this tool to like drive connection, drive like, you know, all the good intentions, right? And it's been twisted by capitalism. It's driving political insanity. Talk of civil war. Right. So it's kind of a similar thing here where she's trying to develop a tool that could conceivably do away with one of this, the most painful, you know, things that affect us as we get older. Um, but of course, it, it 
you know, someone's going to use it and twist it and it's going to go real, real, real bad. Mm-hmm. That's why I chose it for this. So it's, it's really well done. It's extremely propulsive and intense, but a really well told story. You get really invested in the characters. And if you want a book that you're going to tear through for a weekend, this is it. Nice. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. Well, uh, the book for fiction this week that I brought just came out August of 2022. It's called Complicit by Winnie M. Lee. This is looking at tainted love in our our general definition of it where something's yeah, too okay. good to be true. Well, some romantic and some this guy's too good to be okay, true. Okay, gotcha. So yep. the novel opens with Sarah, who is this lecturer at a small college, and she's teaching um, things about directing, producing films. And we figure out pretty quickly that she had a fairly good career prior to being a lecturer. She was on a couple really big movies. But she's at as a lecturer at the time that Me Too is blowing up. Mm. And she right away we sense this anxiety around this last movie that she did and kind of hearing these headlines coming out. And she seems to have some anxiety about her involvement in something. So the novel's told mostly in flashback. But we quickly learned that Sarah's been approached by a reporter to ask about her work on this film. And so she ultimately decides that now's the time she's going to sit down and sort of explain her side of things. And so it starts back with her in college. And she was she's the daughter of Chinese immigrants that own a restaurant. And she just kind of knew, like, I don't this isn't life I want, Mm -hmm. like working so hard every day for something that I don't believe in. I want to work so hard every day for something that I want. I want to achieve my dreams. So she sees this post on a board for an intern for a new production company. And it's run by this woman named Sylvia, Firefly Productions. She ends up getting the job just because she's tenacious and she's smart enough to take the job post down and be the only applicant nicely done yeah so she gets in and she becomes indispensable to her she moves her way up and because of her background they quickly learn she's got a lot of skill with script writing and making scripts Mm. more interesting and more relatable and because she has this innate drive she's just like she'll take on any task so pretty soon she becomes to be basically like a associate producer Hmm. because of working her way up The first film they do with this new up-and-coming director, they had to scrape by. They got investors, but they had to do it really low budget just to get it made because they really believe in this director. It gets a ton of buzz. They're getting ready to produce his next film, and in walks Hugo North, this big old investor who's going to finance this film so that it's going to get made. It's going to be done beautifully. And guess what? He doesn't even want any control. Sylvia and Sarah can still run it. Xander can do the directing. Everything's fine. You can, hands off. I just want to give you the stuff. And right off the bat, something smells funny. Like he's too nice. He's too willing. But he's also right away doing things like kind of secretly pitting people against each other. Or like, I'm going to spend time with you, but not with her. I'm going to take you out to lunch and not this person. Like he's creating division. And he's creating situations right off the bat that are a little alarming. So again, we're seeing this all in flashbacks and we're getting to the movie set where some things happen and it's impossible to ignore anymore that Hugo isn't just too good to be true. Uh He's a flat out criminal and he's pushing himself in situations that he shouldn't be. As she recounts her past and her kind of reckoning, we learn about some instances with hers, with some other people, and I won't give too much away, but... We learn that Sarah has this feeling like she contributed in some way by not seeing the truth about Mm. people. And she's sort of reckoning with this as she's talking to the reporter. Like, well, I did this and I said this and I didn't stop this and I didn't do this. And in the meantime, in the book, we're also seeing snippets of interviews of this reporter with other people like Sylvia and other people that worked on it. So 
I would imagine that by now you figured out that on the surface, this seems like a story about Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. Like it almost seems ripped from there. But what I, why I'm recommending this and why I loved it is because there's so much nuance in this book. It's even if it was just a story about Harvey Weinstein, it's incredibly well-written fictionalized version. But this really, the layers of this, we're dealing with a level of racism. We're Mm. dealing with levels of classism. We're dealing with gender. There's so many things in here that contribute. And I think it's a much more well-rounded, robust discussion about what happens in these situations Mm -hmm. where pressure's involved, um, where people do things because they think they can get away with it because of money or power. Mm -hmm. And those, why people react the way they do is way more nuanced than society ever wants us to think and i thought that the author did an amazing job of creating this character that is in that situation we can sympathize and we can also go oh why'd you do that but you can understand the motivations and you can see the trail and i I really really enjoyed it for that i thought it was a great example for this week's theme for that reason because we're dealing with you know sylvia this boss who works so hard to build this company and doesn't want it ripped away so she's got a whole different kind of investment than sarah does and sarah's just trying hard to prove herself and all of these females are put in these positions where they've had to fight for what they've had and now for something that they're not entirely sure about it Mm -hmm. could get ripped away you know so there's all of these decisions and tiny moments that add up to a big picture. And I thought that it was masterfully done in that sense. And I think it's doing a lot more than you think. And it's a lot more interesting than just the typical maybe hashtag me too story Mm -hmm. in that it's really helping you look at it from all the perspectives as opposed to just saying, well, like you should have done this. That's what I would have done in that situation, which we know is not helpful, but right. And I, I, this, um, Author, I watched a YouTube video of her giving a talk, and um, it's it's trigger warning. It's incredibly difficult. She she had a personal assault mm. that she speaks very openly about, and what it was like after that. And I thought the way that she put into words how her life changed was beautifully executed, if not very uncomfortable, because it's so hard to listen to and and to witness. But Really, you get a lot of that in the book, too. Just a really well-written, interesting story that you are you want to know what's going to happen, but you're also really, your mind's kind of reeling the whole time, too. Yeah. What a great like example for the theme, too. Because yeah. anytime we're talking about wealth, mm-hmm. especially wealth plus men mm-hmm. plus power, all of those things, it's going to be too good to be true. Right. Because... That can be used to advantage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of the lines that were blurred, you know, there's so many things in this book about, um, you know, we all know like men with power and influence get a lot of what they want. Sometimes they get it consensually because people are attracted to that Uh and other times they don't. And that's a hard line to understand. And so there was a, I think there's a lot of nuance in those discussions and this was an interesting take. So what I've learned from our two books so far, mm-hmm. beware of rich men offering you their money. Yes. For various reasons. Agreed. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think that's just good advice. I think that's very good advice. I would stand by it in <laughs> almost every situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> that we should all keep in mind mm-hmm. for the future and for now. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Agreed. That sounds really good. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so for other genre book. I chose a novella. Ooh, a novella. I don't know if it's technically a novella, but it's a very short novel. Well, so I'm calling novella. it a novella yeah. because I know you love that word. I do love the word yes. novella. Yes. 
So anytime we get to play Say around novella. with the word novella. Yeah. Hey, you brought a novella, not a mug. So we're, we're a step up already. <laughs> I got some Legos we can show and tell if you like. I like that. Yeah, I we do. can do that. I do. Okay. But first, let's focus on the novella. The novella. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. This is called Mrs. Caliban. And oh, it came yeah. from Rachel Ingalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was published in 1982. Mm-hmm. So Dorothy is a housewife. Her life is filled with doing chores and doing the things that, you know, make the house run and then basically waiting for husband to come home. She had a son and he died. Mm. She also had a miscarriage. And those two devastating things have driven her and her husband apart, Mm. which could be very natural, right? Mm -hmm. But he's having affairs Mm. and she's just sort of shut down. Mm. And really, they are just exhausted roommates, too tired to even divorce each other. Like, it's just too much at this point to even think about that process, you know? And again, it's, you know, it's early 80s. So this is a a different kind of um, cultural uh, time point. Then Dorothy hears an announcement on the radio. A lizard-like man has escaped from a nearby research institute. The monster was captured in South America by scientists, and he has now escaped and killed those scientists in the process. So very interesting announcement. Now Dorothy is preparing dinner for her husband and a work friend, and the monster shows up in her kitchen. And he can talk. He's very polite, and he's asking for help. And for some reason, she helps him. She gives him a bunch of food, hides him in a spare bedroom. Um, And because she and her husband are so distant, he has no idea that there is the monster living in the spare room. And this goes on for a while. Dorothy and the monster, who, by the way, has named himself Larry. Oh, wow. They become friends. They also quickly become lovers. Oh. He tells her about his past life. Back home in South America, he also tells her about the torture he got from the scientists and mm. what has happened, how he's learned to speak, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and they become a unit, so much so that her husband can engage in increasingly bad behavior over here and almost asking to want to be caught in a way. And she can just not care about it because she has Larry oh. over on the side. And then so much more oh. weird stuff happens. And I chose it for this theme because I think there's so many kinds of stories, right, where the world or society, like, prevents a relationship from lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That could be by race. It could be by gender. It can be by, you know, sexual orientation. It could be by any of that. This takes that and runs with it in a very sort of fantastical science fiction, but also deeply normal way. Like, yes, he looks sort of like a frog, yeah. and he's six foot seven, and he's got real, like, you know, scaly skin and everything, but they're just a couple and they just really like each other and they go on walks, they go to the beach, they eat, he eats a lot of avocados. Oh. She buys bags full. He thinks it's the best vegetable he's ever had. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) So, you know, it's a really interesting story. It's kind of almost got a funny premise. In fact, when Larry walks into the kitchen, I laughed out loud, but then I realized like, oh, this is really heartfelt it's really interesting and you know so I think it's that idea of like you know this is going to be no good or uh, too good to be true kind of thing but 
the the pleasure is seeing like what happens throughout the story and how that changes both of them. Um, this has been recommended to me by several people. Uh, they couldn't believe that I hadn't read it. I just bought a used copy of Did it you? like yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, me too. Same thing. I've yes. heard of it so many places and I just right. hadn't read it yet. And I think it's because like now, I mean, this was came out 40 years ago you see how this might have influenced so many writers and stories yes. today you know yeah. like there's a lot as I was reading this I was like man this is like a lot of current trends or a lot of current like weird uh, I shouldn't say weird but different kinds of connection and everything yeah. especially exploring women and the internal lives of them so I can see why it was recommended and yeah it was really interesting and like I said it's a quick uh, quick read oh. um, but there's a lot there and you'll find yourself laughing. You'll find yourself um, intrigued. And you just want to know more about Larry. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And kudos to you because after last week's episode, I read Cultish. <gasps> Did you? And loved every single bit so of it. Wasn't it so good? So great. I actually listened to the audiobook. So oh. if you are, if you're on, you know, you listen to Amy's recommendation, yeah. you're wanting it. It was a great audiobook too. It translated. It was wonderful. I loved everything about that. Everything. So good. Yeah. So worth it. Just yeah. the way that she like really broke things down. I loved the structure. Mm-hmm. I loved all of it. Yeah. So this might be the second episode in a row where then I go back well, and read you your go. next pick again because mm-hmm. I just got a copy of that too. Well, this so. one's quick, so it's yeah. not going to get in the way. There yeah. you go. Well, for my uh, other genre, I brought a memoir this week. It was just published in September of this year. It's called Hysterical, a memoir by Alyssa Bassist. Mm. And this book, I'm, I feel like I'm going to struggle to explain it because I just loved it so Ooh. much. But basically from 2016 to 2018, the author saw over 20 medical professionals for a variety of issues. And no one could really identify what was going on with her physically, much less solve the problem. Oh, boy. Then she decided to try acupuncture, just kind of like another thing someone suggested. And the acupuncture suggested that maybe, do you think that some of your problems are maybe pent up rage and anger? Because as a female, you've never been able to voice what you actually think or feel. <laughs> and do you think this could be coming out in these ways? And... So that's an interesting point to begin with, Absolutely. to jump into a memoir and then go backwards to seeing the author like from beginning to, you know, current, all the times that she sort of shut herself down or not said what she wanted oh or conformed to what she was supposed to be or uh-huh. what people wanted her to be. And you can relate as a female, I could relate so much throughout it of like, I had the, a, such a similar experience. I had that happen. I had that happen. I had that happen. That you're just kind of on this ride with her and you're like, oh my gosh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And then when she finally has this awakening of like letting her voice out and trying to be her authentic self, what that feels like, how that works, how it doesn't solve everything, uh-huh. but you know, it brings all kinds of other issues. It just reminded me sort of of a roller coaster. Like when you get on a roller coaster, you know you're in for a ride. Yeah. And I just kind of knew from the description, like, this is going to be interesting. And then it's like one of those roller coasters where it turns a corner and you're like, oh, I didn't see all that was coming. And like, that's what this was. It was like, we whipped around a corner and I was like, this is amazing. Like, hands up screaming. Like, I can relate to so much of this. It was so well done. And I feel like the revelation is sort of this jumping off point. And then she just explores our world in so many ways and how, you know, if you're a woman who expresses your emotion, you're hysterical. If you're stoic, you're a bitch. If you're express your sexuality, you're a slut. 
but you should have a voice. <laughs> Women should have a voice. So how? As long as we have our makeup on and our bodies yes. in Spanx. Exactly. All these contradictions. How do you deal with that? So you're telling me I can do it, but I still can't. Mm-mm. I still don't know how to do it. So then it becomes our fault because we're not doing it right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so th- that internal struggle and then saying, no, you have the right to do it, but then how do you actually do it? And I just picked it for this theme because that's what it is, right? Yeah. Everything about being a female is too good to be true. You want us to look a certain way, but that's not really who we are. You want us to sound a certain way, act a certain way, do certain things, and those just aren't true. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to have this ideal that no one can actually live up to. Yeah. And ultimately, we're just all doing serious damage to ourselves all the time. And this is obviously taken very much from a cisgender female point of view, mm-hmm. but I think it's relatable on a lot of levels, even sure. just when we can't own certain parts of ourselves or we have to hide it, um, what that does to you internally, what that does to you physically without even realizing it. I bet this is true for, yeah, um, black indigenous people of color. Like I bet this is true yes. for people of different sexual orientations. Anytime you can't be authentic, it starts building up. Yeah. That's fascinating. And you have this pent-up rage and yeah. pent-up anxiety and there's nowhere for it to go. But everyone's telling you, you can voice it. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, it comes out in some way that maybe we didn't want it to because it's been pent up. And uh-huh. then the repercussions of that. Exactly. It's just really interesting. And I loved the title of it, Hysterical, because yes. that gets used so much. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting read. She, it's very well researched. She has, a, you know, um, a lot of interesting information from other sources and other things that she's read and compiling it all together. I just thought it was really well done. I love that idea too of like, you know, obviously medical science can fail us in so many ways, especially when it's not taking into consideration some of that. So it's interesting that she went the route of like someone asked her explicitly to look at her anger. I think so many other people with that experience can go the route of being sold, you know, different products, wellness hoaxes, all this kind of stuff, because we're not addressing the issue at hand. Correct. We just know that medicine has failed us. So we're going to go this other woo woo yeah. route. Whereas, you know, she actually yeah. had someone that pointed her in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Another thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is such a great word hysterical being hysterical you're being hysterical just calm calm down calm just calm down Erin. calm down calm Calm down down. speak to me calmly yeah no (laughs) just no i'm not gonna speak to you calmly how about that because if i speak to you right now i'm gonna be so mad and frustrated from trying to keep everything in i'm gonna cry and then i'm gonna feel like an asshole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i it quite it makes me question sometimes too you know there's things that we try and like fight against all the time you know like women are emotional so we try really hard to be like more I can't I see this a lot in business like almost like a harder edge and Uh then I got to thinking like who cares what if we did just cry every time we talked yeah that's what women do Mm -hmm. sorry or that's what I do not even women I shouldn't even make it a whole thing that's what I do yeah get used to it don't care I suddenly had an image of you know I told you this week I finally watched Ted Lasso season two yeah And I am so in love with Rebecca. Like, she is just stunning and gorgeous. And she is very powerful. But she goes and she, like, she's super feminine. She's wearing these tall-ass shoes. So Uh she towers over everyone in the room. But yet she's just who she is. Yes, All the flaws, everything. It's it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's a great character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well. Pop culture. Pop culture. I've got a gift for you, Erin. Ooh. Because this comes from Taika Waititi. (gasps) 
This is my gift to you. Okay, okay. Okay. It's a movie. It's okay. a movie film. Oh, it's a movie film. Okay. Came out in 2016. It's called The Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay. I don't believe you've seen this one yet. No. Okay. Uh-uh. All right. So, Ricky is a young teen boy in New Zealand, and he's been living in foster homes, and he's been getting in some minor juvie trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's placed at a remote farm okay. with Bella and her husband, Heck. Bella is honest. She's open. She's exactly what Ricky needs. And they have this great bond and he starts to kind of, you know, actually trust people and really like open up. While heck, you know, he's kind of gruff and everything, but he's hanging around and he's a good person as well. But nothing that good can last. And Ricky, through a series of events, ends up on the run. Oh. He's going to go live in the bush with his dog Tupac. Oh. And everything will be fine. Okay. But Heck, who is Sam Neill, by the way, wonderful actor, yeah. um, tracks down Ricky, finds him, and then through another series of events, they both end up on the run. Oh. And in the process, they become sort of famous outlaws of the New Zealand bush, tracked by social workers, dumb cops, all sorts of people. Taika Watiti has a real knack for portraying kids that may have some issues but are just kids that deserve love and affection. So immediately you really feel for Ricky. You love him. And Heck, who's this sort of outsider that deserves the same. So there's that wonderful like emotion and compassion with just balls out straight hilarity. Excuse me. Yeah. Along the way, we meet some really inept hunters. We meet a hot priest who is Taika. Oh. We meet a freaky survivalist who is Reese Darby. We meet an indigenous settlement, and there's so much more along this route. Oh. It is just, you gotta kind of like buckle in and just go along for the ride. Okay. I chose it for this theme because Ricky, the young boy, has been disappointed time and again mm-hmm. by the adults in his life, and he finally finds a home, but it can't last. And that starts the adventure, but where he ends up is pretty great, too. Oh, okay. And... I'll say that, you know, obviously you and I are huge Taika Waititi fans. If you're not quite there, that's totally fine. If you liked Jojo Rabbit Uh, or if you liked, you know, any of his other movies, you're going to like this. There's that same sense of really like heartfelt, thoughtful, you know, empathy and compassion behind everything along with just the humor that you never expect and is just wonderful. Mm. So it's that such a delicate combination of things that he's made his niche. Yeah. And he does it so well. This, by the way, became the highest grossing movie in New Zealand of all time. Here it didn't do that well because yeah, it was sure. in the U.S. and it was before yeah. he became a, a huge star. But it's, I believe it's on Netflix now. So it's, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, wonderful. I love him so much. So Obsessed. much. Obsessed. Yes. And if you love a combination of a gruff older dude yeah. with a young boy with a dog named Tupac. Tupac is a great then dog There name. you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. I am in. Well, my pop culture comes from Netflix this this week as well. Okay. It's a series, and I'm going to wrap it in two episodes in specifically. Specifically. Sorry, I struggled to get that word out. All right. It's called, the series is called Untold on Netflix. And it's actually, this is going to be weird. Hang in there. Okay. It's sports-related stories. Interesting. But they're kind of like crazy stories. So the first one is called The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. And this is the Monte Teo story. And I don't know if you remember, he was a famous college football player. The same week that his grandma died, his girlfriend died in a Uh car accident. To his knowledge. 
Right. Then right. we find out that he was catfished, but it started this whole thing that some people think he was in on it. Some people don't think he was. Fascinating. Hmm. Total too good to be true story, right? It seems too great. And then all comes crashing down. The other one that I'm going to recommend is called Untold Operation Flagrant Foul. Flagrant Foul? Yes. This is about the Some NBA basketball ref okay. that fixed games by his ability to call fouls. Whoa. Uh-huh. And it is a fascinating ride. It's just an interesting behind the scenes look about something I never, I'm not huge into sports, so it's not something I thought about a lot. Like, I mean, obviously we know refs play a role in a game, not that part, but just like the behind the scenes of it what the NBA knew and didn't know and how they played it. Fascinating. And it's all just kind of that too good to be true, right? Mm. Like, this seems great on the surface. Look at Uh this. Oh. And then, no, probably not. Like, Mm -hmm. fixing games and making tons of money at some point probably isn't going to end well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it and they have some other ones on there about, like, um, Oh, there's a brand that, that Nike picked up for a while and dropped that was on there. There's a story about that. There's a Formula One racer story on there. I haven't watched any of those. I watched these two, and mm-hmm. those mainly what I'm recommending. I'm sure the whole series is great, but it was it's just a fun. They're like an hour. I think the Monteo, Monte Teo one was a few episodes, but they're interesting. They're getting lots of interviews. They're taking you into the psyche of that person. Mm-hmm. They're talking about what was really going on at that time. And they're not necessarily making any judgment calls. You're kind of left yourself to go, well, huh. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. So I, I like it for that. I like it for true crime that isn't murdery. Y- yeah. You know, if you're kind of nice change like, of pace. Right. It's, it's a different kind of thing. Some of it's maybe not even crime. It's just maybe like not super, super great look for a, you know, superstar yeah. athlete. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Anyway, fascinating. I thought that the way that they told the stories is really well done. And I, I've i enjoyed both of them that I watched. But they both reminded me of that. Like, yeah, guys, that was too good to be true. Like, probably should have seen that coming. <laughs> but again, where money gets involved, where mm-hmm. like, you know, big audiences, Fame, yeah. sponsorships, all of that. Mm-hmm. That yeah. can easily be overlooked. It's like, it, I mean, when we think about that, it's, it's like our red flags discussion, mm-hmm. you know, where everything looks good on paper. But if you feel it in your tum. If you feel it in your tum, it's time to run. Yep. Well, and the the other thing that I liked about this, too, is that it, it takes a look in both of the shows that I watched kind of about society's role. Because the Monte Teo thing, he wasn't necessarily going around saying this person was his girlfriend. Uh-huh. It came up randomly in an interview that uh. his grandma had passed and his girlfriend and a reporter ran with it. And it became this huge story like this poor guy because, you know, we love a story like that. And so then it started getting put everywhere. And at that point, he wasn't going to be like, well, yeah, we were dating, but we weren't like yeah, super, yeah. super close. Like he never met her in person. That's how catfishing works. Right. So there's that kind of level, too, of like, you know, society played a role in this, yes. too. Media played a role. Yes. Social media played a role. And that's maybe not social media didn't play necessarily a role in the fixing of the games. But there is a society element in that one, too, where it's like, well, the NBA liked all this attention and liked all this extra money that was happening because of these games. And so, like, there's there was kind of an unwritten policy. Like, you don't call fouls on those guys because uh-huh. they have to play because those are the people that people buy tickets to watch them. Oh, my God. So we can't foul them out because then these people leave mad because they didn't get to see their favorite player play the whole game so there's all these unwritten rules but then on the back side they're like this is a honorable and right profession and how could how you do dare that? could you yeah. follow mm-hmm. other rules yeah it's interesting 
my thought there was our friend Travis is a referee uh-huh. in high school games. Maybe you should watch that. And he would probably notes. love it. Yeah, yeah, he would probably know way more about yeah. you know <laughs> what was it. happening. I doubt there's as much pressure in you know high school basketball. I don't know. I mean, maybe things not, get weird. Maybe not money related pressure, right. but I bet parent pressure. Oh, is I bet that's very insane. True. Yeah, insane. Mm-hmm. Our next door neighbor told me last weekend that he almost had to leave a soccer game, and we're talking middle school because parents were being there was a parent that was running up and down the sidelines with the coach yelling like the coach couldn't even say the place because this parent was yelling i mean that's insane what are you doing this is too much pressure on little kids that's when you need a pack of gushers in your pocket and just say here enjoy these you come back when all those are gone Wait, who are they giving gushers to? The guy. Get him quiet. Oh, all right, because right, right. the things are dribbling down his head. They're yeah. dribbling in his mouth. He won't be like, what's happening? I can't yell right now. It'd be things. great, too, if you gave him like that big Ziploc where they're all stuck together and then he has to like undo it. That gives him, you know, something to do. Yeah. Then so he, he doesn't chase after the. distracted yes. and he's not yelling at his daughter. It's like a little kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I otherwise the other option uh-huh. in those situations, which is what I suggested, because okay. we didn't have the gusher discussion to fall back on. Right, I suggested you just go up to him and say, "This isn't the Olympics. I don't. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? This is middle school. This means nothing. However, this means I would, nothing. I would contend some parents don't believe that. They believe it's like, yeah, you know. For many, it's still high school is your peak. That's where you're going to be your peak athletic performance. So everything up to there is you're building up to this moment. And if you don't, you know, give it all your all in middle school, then your whole future is blown. Yeah. And then your future after 18 is meaningless anyway. So, yeah. Well, I also just feel like we've sold this idea. Speaking of too good to be true, like Mm -hmm. we've heard the stories of Tiger Woods started playing golf at like two or something. So there's these parents that think they can make superstars. Yes. Like if you just have enough money, if you have enough like coaches, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I yell at you enough, you're going to run fast. You're going to be the soccer superstar that is going to be on the Olympic team at 18. No. What sucks is like I think a lot of parents may come to that with – decent intentions but then it ends up just alienating them for their kids because yeah. suddenly your parents are the absolute enemy yeah. making you do all this shit yeah well and you see a lot of kids you're like do you really want to be doing this exactly it doesn't look like you do no. no are you still having fun if not you don't have to do this no you don't i know your parents are assholes but you know you, you don't, don't have, have to, to do it Mm-mm. you don't have to do it yeah you we know should all take a cue from your child mason Yes. Who has found a new love in swimming. He and has. wants to do it every day, all day, all everything. The, all, all the time. So if you don't have that kind of love for then, that sport. Then don't do it. Don't do it. Then don't do it. Mm-mm. Then it's too good to be true. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. The good news is our podcast is not too good to be true. Not at all. It's just too good. <laughs> it's too legit. Too legit to quit. Yeah. And we are always true. Always. Always truthful. Oh. Always truthful, yes. Yeah, as soon as I said that, I was like, that feels weird. Yeah, why do we think we're not I truthful? We're truthful. We are truthful. We're, we're vulnerable in a way that we probably shouldn't be. It's very true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's it. We're like over true. Yeah, over truthful. Are we truthful in the fact that you don't know everything about me, <laughs> listeners, and you're not going to? Amy just learned about my love of gushers. You I can't learned, rush this. I learned a truth I did not know I needed, but I needed it, and it came sec- sec- six years after knowing you. Six. So I'm just saying there are like, la- I am. An Truth onion. takes time. Truth takes time. It takes time. You can't rush it. Ugh. So hang in there. Hang in there. And come back next week for episode, well, in two weeks for yeah. episode 124. That's it. And in the meantime, happy reading.
I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.